0: Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Crushing Cashflow.
1: Today's guest spent over 20 years with, in a corporate environment with Comcast and was responsible for managing a team that negotiated agreements with multifamily property owners. That sounds familiar. Stay tuned. For more about what Kevin did, he spent a lot of time negotiating contract terms and became an expert in negotiating and improving net operating income, otherwise known as NOI. In 2021, Kevin's company, Multifamily Utility Solutions, he increased his client's NOI by more than $4 million, which translates to an asset value over $100 million. So obviously knows what he's doing in this space. He's also an author of a book, Change Your Thinking, Ignite Your Life, What Are You Telling Yourself? So we'll talk a bit about how to increase NOI. We'll talk about Kevin's journey and more of the personal side of things. So lots of exciting things to come. But first and foremost, big welcome to the show to Mr. Kevin Gardner. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Andrew, thanks, man. It's an honor to be on Crushing Cash Flow. I love the title, man. It's awesome. Got to go, exciting, right? A lot of dull names out there. So for something finance and investing oriented, I figured we could do something different. So go thanks to the clutter, again, man. Right? Awesome. So let's jump right in. Let's start with maybe the more boring side of things, but also exciting around what levers are you guys pulling to increase NOI. We've had insurance guys in the show, legal advice on the show, we've had asset managers in the show, but you're tailored into something very specific, isn't that right?
2: Yes and no, because you can call utilities a very yeah. general thing, but our specific area of expertise is cable and internet access agreement. A lot of people don't realize I'm located outside of Cleveland. In Cleveland, Spectrum is the cable provider that has the non-exclusive franchise that gives them the right to be on the public easements, but it doesn't give them the right to be on anybody's personal property. And what a lot of apartment owners don't realize, especially people that are new to it, there's value in that, right? I hear from a lot of new people that are saying, well, you know, I don't have to worry about that because my residents pay for their own service, right? Yes, but without an agreement, Spectrum or whoever it is, can't be on your property to provide service to those. So we negotiate that. We're their representative.
1: That's great. So what have you learned through the years? What are the secrets of success? You know, What are the right things to say and ask as you're negotiating?
2: Well, I mean, it all comes down to leverage, right? So the larger our company becomes, the more leverage we have. When we work on behalf of owners, we work on behalf of multiple owners in a given marketplace. And the more units that we're representing in that marketplace, you know, the better the deals we can get. So that's one thing that's very valuable. But at the same time, every owner's different. Every property's different. Yeah. What we may be negotiating for Andrew, we may be not negotiating for Kevin, right? How long am I going to hold it? Do I have, you know, partners that I have to pay back in a certain period Mm -hmm. of time, or am I trying to create generational wealth? Am I focused on B class properties that I'm trying to raise to an A, or am I okay? Or am I trying to buy a class property? Mm. What markets am I focused on? So there's so many variables that go into it that we don't make any preconceived notions when we talk to a new client. You know, their goals, their investment goals are going to help us drive the strategy.
1: No, I love that. I love that you custom tailor. I'm wondering too, is it a lot of it very specific to the MSA or the areas they operate in the number of competitors, et cetera? I assume that plays a factor as well.
2: It does, but mm-hmm. you'd be surprised, like mm-hmm. even region to region. Because some of these large guys, whether it's AT&T or Comcast or Spectrum, each region has their own, you know, mode of operations and, and yeah. what they're willing to do. So there's just so many variables. And that's why my least favorite question, and I hope you don't ask me this, is what can you get for me? Yeah. You know, yeah. because I don't know until we dig into it. What are your goals? Do you want right. recurring revenue or do you want lump sum? Do You want to provide service as an amenity? How long are you going to hold this asset? What market is it in? How big is it? There's just so many variables that impact that it's a very difficult question. Is you know as soon as you put a number out there, right? Somebody writes it down, of course, and they're like, "Well, wait a minute, you said."
1: Yeah, very similar to when people ask me what kind of returns can I expect. Same questions I have. You know, what's your typical hold period? What are you investing for in retirement age? Are you investing for just purely appreciation and you know equity multiples? So a lot of similar questions. Kind of leaves me thinking you know if someone's leading up to prepare for their first call with you what should they be thinking about what should they be inventorying in that process
2: well the biggest thing that we need to know is the property right yeah. what's the portfolio look like that's the first mm-hmm. thing and and our first step is an introduction call and then we typically get a list of the portfolio but the, the name of the property the address the number of units what markets it in do we have other people there and in that introduction call, we kind of get an understanding of what's their direction. Are they generational wealth folks? Or are they trying to buy a C plus, move it to a B plus and yeah. get out mm-hmm. in four years? So therefore, you know, those things will help us drive our recommendations. And then once we get that portfolio list, we come back to them with a free assessment. We come back and say, here's what we think we can do for you if you want to move forward. And here's why. And let's review that. And, and then, you know, most of the time they say, yeah, let's go with it because it's incremental revenue. It's all to the bottom line. We work on a uh, commission-only basis. okay? So we get a percentage of what we make for the owner. So our goals are 100% aligned, right? I want to get as much for you as I Mm -hmm. possibly can, because I get a percentage of it.
1: That's awesome. Can you share maybe one success story that might resonate with our listeners that says, ooh, this is something I got to... You know maybe something they could anticipate or pick your brains while they're underwriting right before they even evaluate a property, maybe share something to get us excited about you know out of that four million dollar pool, maybe one story that might resonate.
2: Well, why don't I share the one? We've got a client that loves to get us engaged early in the process, right? So they want to know, okay, looking at this property, we're in the diligence part, here's what we found. What have you found? Because sometimes we find things that they didn't show up in due diligence, right so We've got a four property portfolio that one of our clients is anticipating closing on in the next six months, but it's in two different markets. So that has a role in it. Two of the properties have contracts, two do not. The cable operator is different to these markets, but the phone company, the fiber provider, you know, is the same. So there's a lot of variables that we're working with here. And we've been able to identify that their best route is they, as part of the deal, ask the owner of the one property that has a contract on it already to terminate that agreement at that owner's expense so that we can go in there clean, which usually isn't necessary, but in this case, it's a little unique. And that way we can leverage that and we can go with the fiber provider. That can cover all four of them and there's more leverage there so we can get a better deal that way. Mm. So that's why when people say how early is too early, I always say never, you know, oftentimes and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't want to work and not show anything for it, but the sooner we can get in on the process, the more we can do for the
1: client. Let's get into specifics there. So there's going to be a lot of people who may reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm underwriting this deal and we haven't even put an offer in yet. That might be too early, but is it as soon as I've got kind of, I'm in the legal process of negotiating the PSA terms. Is that maybe the right point to get yeah, like
2: a letter? I mean, if you've got like a letter of intent mm-hmm. where you're exchanging information yeah. and it's that serious, I mean, if you're just picking the tires and trying to run out a 60 month pro forma, right. you know, right. based on some initial basic information Then it might be a little too early and we probably won't be able to find out as much as we can. But if if you're down to letter of intent and due diligence and things like that, you're really serious about it. And we've had owners that have done that, but then walked away for one reason or another. And you know what, Andrew, we're in it for the long haul. We want long-term relationships. We don't want short-term checks. So it's okay if one of our clients walks away from a deal. If it's good for them, it's ultimately good for us. When they're healthy and they're growing because they're doing good deals, that's just going to help us. So if a couple of times we have to look Mm -hmm. into things for them and it's not a good deal and they walk away, that's okay because it's going to be in their long-term best interest, which is ultimately in our long-term best interest.
1: Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say this is, you know, as well as I do, the deals are one on now in today's day and age on the smallest details, right? So that extra amount you can find in the expense side, or maybe it's a source of other income. That's the differentiator. It seems to be what separates the wins from the really close bids that didn't quite win the deal. So it makes all the difference. Right.
2: You got to know your numbers. And, you know, we mentioned we're talking a lot about cable and internet, because that's really where our real We've got alliances with other companies, and I've got a, a utility broker who can look at electric and gas bills. The reason we don't do that is it's not as big of an opportunity as the cable and the internet contract, right? Things like that. So every utility is fair game, but the answer may be there's nothing we can do about it, right? But at least ask, right? If you don't ask, the answer's always going to be no. I
1: was just going to say the same thing. I love it. So this shift gears a bit, appreciate all you've shared around the utility side of things. Talk about your more of the personal side of things. I know you're proud of your recovery journey. Was it six years back? Tell us about your inflection point. What drove us to your success today?
2: Well, you know, I was in corporate America for a long time. I got paid well, but at the end of the day, they owned me. I'll never forget the time, and I've shared this in my book, where I was actually in Mexico on vacation, and this was pretty good self-coverage. And I get a message at the desk that I need to call. And keep in mind, I'm going to be back in the office on Monday. And this is Friday afternoon. I'm flying home on Saturday. And I get this crucial message. And I'm popping pesos into a payphone down there. Mm -hmm. Because on Friday afternoon, I had to be on this call, even though I'm on vacation, to be asked, well, what can you do to improve our numbers over the weekend? And what can you do from an advertising perspective? It's very limited. It wasn't that critical. And at that point, I started really thinking about, you know, this corporate America thing. It comes with a lot of downside for me. And so I ended up going into my own business. And ironically, our first clients were Comcast and Charter, and we still were negotiating on their behalf as the third party representative with owners. And then we evolved from that. And, you know, during this time, I went through some personal issues and things like that. And I... Kind of leaned on booze uh, a little bit. You know, my life and business was struggle, especially as a new business person. You know, there's a lot of issues that were going on. I had moved. I've gone through relationship things. And, you know, ultimately it came to the realization that I wasn't going to get to where I needed to get to if I was allowing myself to continue to, to drink like I did. I joined AA. I got a sponsor. That kind of started our business. And that was pre-multi-family utility solution. But without doing that, without getting my head straight, without getting my life straight, without getting my priorities straight, multifamily utility solutions probably wouldn't be around.
1: Yeah. There's always a silver lining in a lot of these tough lessons that life teaches us from time to time. Is there a single memorable inflection point where you're like, oh my God, enough is enough? I know a lot of people have ex- talked about that or expressed it like, or was yeah. it more of an accumulation over time? Of like, okay, I had enough. It's time to get serious about this.
2: Well, in the program, they call it hitting bottom. There was one event it was a girl you know and it was a breakup situation that was miserable and you know i was devoting a lot of my time to her and not enough to business and you know she ended up with somebody else and it just drove me you know why am i putting all this time in I'm yeah. sacrificing so much and you know i just went over the top and, mm-hmm. and so like kind of that caused me to hit my bottom you know luckily i had good support group that realized and then pointed me in the right direction Friend of mine who had been in the program for over 11 years at that time. And uh, he lived in Chicago. And I talked to him and he gave me some great guidance. And uh, I found a great sponsor, you know, your AA mentor, sobriety recovery mentor, you know, had a business of his own and still does and is doing great. So it was a great connection. And I could see time to reset, time to refocus, time to, you know, start from where I'm at now and grow. I always say, you know, I tell some of the guys I work with, the past is a great place to visit, but it's a crappy place to live. Like so that. learn from it. Don't forget it, but don't dwell on it too long because it's done. You know, Yeah. what lessons can I
1: learn and move forward? It's a great tip. So what advice would you give to someone out there? Maybe it's listening to this they're struggling. Maybe they're not in a program or maybe it's not to that extent, but what would you share with them if you had to give them one tip?
2: For who? Somebody that's struggling with possibly being... Needing to go into recovery? Correct, correct. You know, it's funny because one of the biggest regrets in my life is I didn't get into recovery sooner. But one of the things I'm most grateful for is I got in when I did and not later. It's we have today. And what can I do today that's going to get me a little bit closer to my desired life? And the things I was doing wasn't getting me any closer to my desired life. So, I had to kind of like, all right, time out. The kids yeah. get, you know, all rattled and all that kind of stuff. They get a time out, right? Well, it was kind of like time for me to give myself a self imposed time out and say, all right, wait a minute here. I need to calm down and I need to figure out what is that desired life? What does that best life for me look like? It's like if you're taking a trip, right? I live in Cleveland, and if I want to go to Chicago, I have to say, okay, that's my desired. That's where I want to be, right? How am I going to get there? Well, there's a couple different routes and there's more than one right answer and I may hit some detours and one may take a little bit longer, but I sure as heck don't mm-hmm. want to start off towards Boston if my ultimate goal is to go to Chicago, right? Okay. And that's what I was doing is I was getting further and further away from my goal. You know, it was like, all right, let's at least get a little bit closer, right? doesn't matter which of the three roads I take, but they're all going to get me closer. So let me go down and, and I take can one. adjust later. But at least I'm headed towards where I want to be. And my goal every day is just to be a little bit, a little bit better than I was the day before, learn a little bit more, and get a little bit closer to my ultimate desired life.
1: That's fantastic advice. And I think a great place to start wrapping here. And I really appreciate you being vulnerable, sharing your personal story, as well as a lot of your successes. And it's really great to see how things have come around for you and a lot of success and all the work you put into your business come to life and get the visibility and be on this sharing your story and this awesome podcast with us. And I really appreciate that. One last question for you. How can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about Utility Solutions?
2: Yeah. So we've got resources, but my email is kevin at com. Phone numbers behind me here. I think you can see that 248 930 4768. You know, that's I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, wherever you want to catch me. Yeah, just reach out. I mean, I spend a lot of time just talking to people and educating them, both in my personal life and my business life. And, you know, that's one of the things I talk about in my book is what's your why? And I get a great deal of satisfaction out of helping others, even if it's not like financially beneficial it's rewarding for me personally.
1: I guess I should ask one more question. Where can we find your book? Is it Amazon? Is it through your website? Combination of the both? Actually,
2: it's not on the multifamily utilities. The name of the book is Change Your Thinking, Ignite Your Life. The website is Mm. changeyourthinkingigniteyourlife.com, but it's also on Amazon. It's also on Barnes and Noble and a few other outlets as well. We only released it about a month ago and it was just, you know, like you said, hey, that's a great suggestion. Or, you know, I'd come up with these moments where I, you know, some of the guys I'm trying to help would say, hey, you know what? That's great advice. And so I just kind of took it all and put it together. And, you know, if I helped one person,
1: you know, it was worth it. That's fantastic. What a great way to end the show. Thanks so much for joining, Kevin. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much,
0: Andrew. Go crush cash flow, right? That's right. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey. And we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.